What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Live Free Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Maxwell. Today's guest is Miss Celeste Byers. Um, it's funny, like, sometimes you get a bunch of people telling you about somebody for a while, and then, like, that name keeps popping up, or you see things, and uh, just weird random references, and then you inadvertently randomly meet them. Um, these things happen, and it happened for uh, Celeste and I. Uh, we talk about that a bit on the show, um, as well as a number of other things. Uh, she's a rad artist, uh, local here in San Diego, uh, is doing uh, a bunch of different mural projects lately with Pangea Seed, and <clears throat> I think it's Seawalls is the name of the project. Really cool stuff that, that they're uh, doing. And she's also in the, um, the Portland Mural Festival thing that's coming up here soon. Which I would love to do if any of you organizers listen to the show and want to have me aboard. Even if it's like podcast stuff. Like even if it's things to to uh, get interviews or, or like document stuff. But it'd be nice to get some interviews to some mural projects. You fuckers out there curating these cool mural festival projects. Fly a motherfucker out. I'm looking at you. Um, so... She's on the show today. Uh, I'm I'm happy we were able to set things up and happy to meet. And um, hopefully, I I'm I'm hoping we get an opportunity to work on some projects together. Um, we discuss some of that as well. As always, I want to um, thank Soho Design House for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. You could uh, see all their work. They are a uh, boutique art rug brand. So. Basically, artists, if you decided that you wanted to get a really nice handmade all the way through rug um, design of your art, you are able to do that. Uh, I would say the best description would be to just go and look for yourself instead of me fumbling around with it. Go to SOHODH.com or it's SOHODesignhouse.com. That's also, uh, if you go to Instagram, you could see their stuff there at S-O-H-O-D-H. Again, it's Soho Design House. It's a really cool company out of Los Angeles. If you are in the L.A. area, you can actually go check them out in their showroom and see some of the stuff that they make. They got a really cool spot. Just put up a new sign. Um, I'm interested to, I, I still haven't been up to L.A. in like months. I, I got to get up there. Um, I had a show at Known Gallery that I need to still go pick up my stuff for. I'm sure they're happy about that. Um, So make sure you go follow them. Big shout out, Soho Design House. Thanks for sponsoring this episode of the podcast and all the previous ones. They've been on board for a while. Big thanks to them. And and everyone who has donated to the podcast via um, MikeMaxWallart.com. That is super awesome, too. If you go to MikeMaxWallart.com, click on the podcast, you can click on a PayPal link within that page there and see all the other artists and information about what we talked about on all the episodes there. You can subscribe in iTunes and all that fun stuff. So uh, follow me at MikeMaxWallart. Follow the podcast at LiveFreePodcast on Twitter and um, and the Facebook fun fan page, Fun Fan. Fan is such a shitty word. I hate it so much. Um, If you guys want to donate, it'd be super awesome. Helps out the show and keeps it moving. So let's um, jump right into this thing and give Miss Celeste Byers a call. Hello? 
Miss Celeste Byers, how are you? <laughs> Good, Mr. Maxwell. <laughs> you got put on the spot to give me my phone. Michael James Maxwell II. Michael, yeah, hi, Michael James Maxwell. <laughs> that's like that's the super official way. Cool. Hello, I, good morning. I actually, I used that on a recent um, solo show instead of just doing Mike Maxwell. I did uh-huh. the full name to like pretend like it was more important. Uh-huh. And how'd it go? I don't know. I don't think it made much of a difference. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you could sell things for more. <laughs> I know. That, that was the ambition or the intention anyway. Oh. Or like to be taken more seriously. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't think that we can ever be taken as seriously as we want to, as as artists. I don't. I feel yeah. that way. I don't know. I just assume everybody else does too. Yeah. No, I feel that way. Um, I think like you're born with these, or not born, but you grow up into this person that like maybe you don't realize you've become. Like when I hear myself recorded, or my sister makes me really aware of this because I grew up here in San Diego and she did too. But for some reason, I have really strong up speak like do you know what that is no what's that uh like it's the like tone? At the end of, yeah well it's like how girls here at the end of your sentence like you sound like like it goes up like, yeah yeah like, the the pitch yeah. goes up yeah 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 and it's like I, I can't help it but my sister i don't know why i guess she didn't hang out with the same type of people that i did so she doesn't have it but it just she's just told me like it makes you sound unintelligent but i was just like oh man That's... i can't help it's funny you bring that up because I, whenever I'm trying to make the like most unintelligent voice, I always do like a like southern thing? no the southern hick oh. voice. Oh, okay. And my wife is from Arkansas, and she's like, you know, you can't do that. Like they're they're, <laughs> it's it's such a natural thing, and it it really is insulting to a large group of people who could be, like have double the IQ of myself, but happen to have a Southern accent. It yeah, doesn't yeah. necessarily relate to an intelligence Can I level. Can hear your Southern accent? Oh, don't make me do I can't do it on purpose. Really? No, I probably can't. But why are you, you going to put me on the spot like that? Yeah. Because it, it really, like, it, it seems, um, like, I really, I question myself when I do it now. Like, I, I'll do it, at, like, inadvertently. It's like yeah. an, it's almost, it's like a form of racism. To, or, yeah, it kind know? of is. It's yeah, it totally. Speechism. Yeah, it's like, and that's exactly what you're talking about. Like, the idea, and what do you think it is? Do you think it, so I talk about this a lot. Like, uh, singers have, uh-huh. like, really good singers have a particular jaw structure that makes them okay. sound a certain way. You know what? Will you take the headphones out? You actually sound yeah. better with the, Without the uh, unplugged. Yeah. But yeah, so like there's this thing that I think like actual jaw structure. So mm-hmm. like your actual like where you come from geographically typically has yeah. an indication in your jaw structure. Yeah. You know? And I think that has more of a like it plays into but it doesn't explain accents but it it plays into like tonality of voice mm-hmm. so like Definitely. i have a like nasally voice just instinctively because or just naturally because my jaw structure is so narrow kind of okay. pushes up into the I wouldn't nas- say it's nasally you wouldn't say no i don't think so it, it <laughs> i've heard my voice so many times listening to this goddamn podcast it's mm-hmm. like it's like ingrained i and it's funny i actually hear what i sound like you know how most people don't 
hear themselves, how they actually yeah. sound. I uh-huh. hear myself now how I actually sound. Okay, like cool. I've... You know what? I wrote, um, I just went on a road trip to Northern California uh, to, well, just all over the place. But on the way, I was writing this song in the car and I wrote half the song in Spanish and half the song in English. And it's the first song I've written in Spanish. And like when I sing it, like it goes one verse is in English and the next verses in Spanish and back and forth but when I sing it I'm like really aware of how American I sound when I speak English uh-huh. and and you're just like oh wow like I'm really good at speaking English <laughs> like because Spanish is kind of like a mouthful and sounds like it's really cool to like because I can't speak Spanish super well but when I wrote the song like uh, I can say those words that I wrote like really fast since yeah. I practiced them now. So it sounds really cool coming out of my mouth and then just hearing the transition. Can you take your right earring off? Oh, is, is it really loud and here? It's just the one is clicking. The, you have a microphone on the headphones there. Now I can't hear them at all. It just it was the one was clicking your microphone. My microphone? You have a microphone. Is this a microphone? Yes, yes. Oh, my God. Yeah. I didn't even know that. That's funny. That's why it, it amplified you when you put oh, those Oh, so. okay. That's kind of cool. I have a microphone, yeah. too. So what uh, what were you doing on your trip? Were you just out exploring um, the universe? Well, I went, I went initially. Yeah, I was exploring the universe um, initially because my younger sister, she's a year and a half younger. She does downhill longboarding skateboarding um oh that and shit part is of, crazy yeah it's really crazy yeah she's part of this team called bonzing that's out of um san francisco i guess it's not a team the team is sunset sliders and the company is bonzing um but yeah so she has she's like had a few skate videos but we went to tahoe and yosemite to film the skate video and it's uh-huh. kind of like i didn't want it to be like a typical skate video so i kind of like um in it she's it's gonna start and she's like sitting there in this chair and she's wearing this beautiful like pink and gold gown and has like blue or or, like turquoise shiny lipstick and like glitter on her face and she's levitating a pine cone and a skate wheel right yeah and it's just like it's kind of like this mystical video um, can you see my arm Uh uh-huh see the pine cone right there yeah awesome that's a great pine cone. So are you you're art directing the videos? Is it Uh yeah, well I mean I edit videos and I animate also. Oh rad. Yeah, so so yeah. I like shot it all and I'm gonna animate it now. And we did like all this underwater stuff and um we did downhill also, but she's wearing a cool outfit again and yeah. That's awesome. Cool. And you know, maybe we could jump back a little bit. It's kinda of funny, like so this thing happens in the art world, right? Where like you go like a long period of time, you've never heard of somebody. Then all of a mm-hmm. sudden everybody's telling you about somebody. Uh-huh. I, I don't know if you find that, but th- this is what happened for me learning about you. You know, okay. like, even though we've been in the same, uh, like I'm born and raised here too. Somehow yeah. our paths have never crossed. Uh, yeah. Um, which is kind of odd. We have a bunch of mutual friends. Um, yeah. But so... I guess maybe a year or two ago, mm-hmm. uh, somewhere around there, uh, a bunch of people started telling me about you just randomly, like or like your name would come up in conversation or like, 
just I was meeting different people and like your name would pop up. It was it was very strange. And I was like, I don't know. They're like, oh, do you know Celeste? Do you know Celeste? And I was like, no, I don't know who the fuck oh. you're talking about. <laughs> and so like, I I think after like the fifth person or whatever is like, okay, I got to find out who the fuck are these people are talking about. <laughs> and then you know, I think I went just found your social media or whatever. And then randomly we met at um, the silo, the maker's quarter spot. Yeah, that was crazy. We were totally like, inadvertently. That was cool. No, it was funny because Aaron and I were like, man, that face, that like tree face is really cool. And then like we went over and you just happened to be standing by it. Yeah, super <laughs> strange. And I, what was funny yeah. is like you, you guys looked familiar to me, but I didn't know because it's that, that thing with like you make a social media friend and maybe yeah, you, yeah, yeah. you see a you photo. You don't know what they look like in real life. Yeah, yeah. especially with artists because it's mostly people posting their art stuff for, yeah, you know, for yeah, the yeah. most part. And even then, like, I think our memory, if we don't have direct interactions with the people, yeah, our memory doesn't hold all the information outside of, like, the phone. Do you know what I mean? So, like, there's, there's people I see that it's like, I think they're on my Facebook, but I don't know. Like, <laughs> and that's what I saw you guys. And then, you know, we, we were able to talk for a little bit and then, you know. It made sense. And you were actually, you guys were getting ready to do your show in Mexico. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which was really cool. Um, maybe we could talk about that. But let's let's jump back. So you, you grew up in San Diego. You were born and raised? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was born and raised here. Which I, is rare? Is, for yeah, mo- for people most say people. that is rare. But all well, your I friends mean, are born I mean, and raised here, right? Um, or like. No. But I guess, like, a good handful of them are. But, um, or that's why I kind of like coming back here, because there's just, like, these people I've known for so long. Yeah. And it's cool watching all our lives unfold. But um, I lived in L.A. for a while, because I went to college there. Yeah. Where'd you go to school? I went to Art Center, College of Design in Pasadena. Yeah. How was that? It was good. I think, we've had a a number of um, Art Center students and I think teachers, mm-hmm. a number of people here on the on this podcast who went there. Yeah, I think it taught. I think I learned a lot. I mean, I guess like when you're really young, you don't really realize like how expensive something is, or like I don't know. You just don't know what like the real world is. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like you're just looking to all these people to like, oh, okay. Like when I grow up, it'll be like that, and then like. One day you're grown up and you're just like, oh, and like younger kids are looking at you like, oh, what do I do next? And it's like, oh, you just figure it out. Like, I, I guess know. what that's what keeps happening every 10 years. You realize, oh, I still don't really know what grown know. up is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You actually the, the thing is, is that you never actually grow up. And that's what's so weird about being a young person and then looking at older people. Because mm-hmm. you see them as grown up. Because you'll never catch up to their age. Yeah. You know, you you huh? there's no there's no way for you to get to their same age and ever yeah. until you get there forty years, thirty years later, or whatever. Mm-hmm. But those people still feel like they're like fifteen or sixteen on the inside. You know, yeah. like they they. I, <laughs> I like to think that there's some people that have it together. That see, you know, that there's people that on the outside they seem like. You know, pretty regular folks, like just normal people, but mm-hmm. everybody is just a Everyone's mess. Everyone's still figuring it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no because here's the thing: there is nothing to figure out. 
Yeah. You're trying to figure out a puzzle that's unsolvable. I know. I was doing a puzzle the other day, and I was like, I was like, is this a metaphor for life? Like, because all the pieces weren't there, and like, I don't know. It just wasn't really fitting. I don't know. That's exactly what it is. It's yeah. A, it's a puzzle that you think is going to go together in some particular way, and it's impossible because not all the pieces that for that like, finished thing. <laughs> Some of them don't exist. Yeah, they do not exist, and yeah, you and might the pieces, even yeah, you might even have to you formulate put anything them. in there. You could put a strawberry in there. <laughs> <laughs> so, did you? I, I'm I'm curious how you went to art center, but did you have a an idea ahead of time that art was a career path for you? Did you see it as a as a job? Um. Yeah, I guess, like, I did, like, since I was in high school, like, I just loved to draw, like, all the time, like, just all day, and so then someone told me, I think Art Center, a representative, like, came to my college and, like, gave a presentation, and then I was just, just like, oh, I could do that for a job, and so I think I was probably, like, 16, and then, like, ever since then, I just, like, wanted to be an artist, and just, like, knew, like, I wanted to be an artist, did you have uh, like a early inspiration, like somebody in your family or like somebody around you who sort of gave you? It seems like there there almost needs to be a uh, like an older brother type or like the person like the like slightly elder person who who passes along the gift of the knowledge that this is a, a capability. Or do you think it was just it happened to be that that I. Th- I really think it was just something like the only thing I like like to do. Yeah. You know, like, uh-huh. yeah, because I remember when I was younger, it's like it's not like I really was even into any particular artist or anything. It was just more like something I enjoyed. Yeah. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, like for a lot of people who come on the show, like something like skateboarding or graffiti or like there's these things that happen to be like like a precursor to uh-huh. the knowledge like for me you know like i did a show like i w- i thought i would be like a comic like sunday comic or like newspaper comic type illustrator uh-huh. type you know because mm-hmm. i didn't even like i had my grandfather was a painter but i had yeah. no and i knew that there were galleries and museums and things got hung and but i had <laughs> i had no idea of the, the actual like ability for somebody to move into an art world and sustain themselves. It, it, yeah. You know, it yeah. seems like, like even we, like we could see as young people, we could see like rock stars or actors or other forms of art that it's obvious mm-hmm. that they make a bunch of money, you know, yeah. like it, it's, yeah. a, but again, it's, you know, it's like one of those lotto things. And I, I, I feel like the art world is a lot like that too. Like mm-hmm. to like the inner circle of these things, like the, the upper echelons. And I do that in like, air quotes like not any more important than anybody else but yeah the sort of social economic structure that yeah. works within this system mm-hmm. like it's a it's a it's a weird thing and so like i it, it, i like to see how people move within that structure and mm-hmm. like i see you like you're doing a lot of different projects like i i think your mural work i guess was probably what came to the forefront first Mm-hmm. Although it sounds like you do a lot of a lot of different things, yeah, I do. <laughs> um, did you were you doing murals early on? Because it's kind of funny. If, did you did you grow up in OB two? 
Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so you're kind of in a community that's a little bit different than the rest of San Diego. Yeah, it maybe is. it's important to. Should, do you want to talk about OB a little bit? Should we tell like listeners who maybe don't know what the, the Ocean Beach neighborhood is like compared? So we so somebody well, says San Diego. Well, compared to right? the rest of San Diego, yeah. Like, um, I don't know if like maybe people I could compare it to more to like Santa Cruz or somewhere like it kind of has more of like this hippie vibe, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that's yeah. something I see in your work too. So it makes a little bit more sense. Like, mm-hmm. I think that there's like this new like neo young hippie movement happening. And okay. you know, whenever the word hippie gets said, it automatically has. I think a lot yeah, of people it just brings puts, up a lot of stuff. There's like negative connotations. There's like uh, this idea of like a sort of not real. Like, yeah like an outside of the system but i think it's more of a frame of mind but people yeah, well, who... and i think it maybe like brings up associations with like psychedelics or something and well i don't yeah, know you have I don't... to <laughs> i feel like your work does that too yeah 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 definitely but um honestly i i like used to take psychedelics but i don't even take them anymore what what was is there what was your experience before and is there a reason why you avoid them now how can i ask well, how old you are oh uh, yeah i'm 25 and i'm gonna be 26 in, on friday oh happy early birthday thank you i don't do um social media birthdays i made it a rule not to tell people happy birthday on facebook i have also- all these stupid rules that, <laughs> because i feel like it's so insincere now that people like people don't even really know it's your birthday they just know because (laughs) facebook told you yeah and to me it like takes out all the meaning of it yeah Yeah. but i know people like the attention of it too yeah i don't tell people or i don't tell people happy birthday on facebook either i don't think yeah i refuse it's kind of funny on the wall it's just like happy birthday happy birthday happy birthday yeah it, it, it feels like it's fake to me yeah yeah so it, growing up in OB, so uh, I did a, a lot of psychedelics in Ocean Beach in my teenage years. <laughs> in fact, I got in two consecutive weekends. One weekend I got caught smoking a joint on uh, just south of the pier uh, <laughs> on the rocks over there. On the wall? On the oh, wall. Yeah. Um, and then the following weekend I was at dog at dogs beach at a bonfire Mm -hmm. and cops rolled up on us on quads and I was just sitting by like a 12 pack and I got busted. It wasn't even mine. Oh no. I may have been drinking that night, but I wasn't drinking the the beers that happened to be sitting next to me Yeah, yeah, yeah. and ended up, I was a minor both times, you know, so Mm -hmm. I, it was like, I got a ticket and. Had to oh, go to court, no. but it was like a real pain in the ass. Yeah, I, I was mad at OB for a long time. Oh, I just started hanging out down there again recently. I have a friend who has a house right down there by the um, by the bathrooms. Okay, uh, <laughs> that doesn't make sense to anybody, but uh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. I like it. I, I enjoy this this neo hippie movement that's happening. I, I appreciate seeing the young people sort of. Yeah. And what do you think? Do you think you know? So if we look at history, right? Like look at the late '60s, early '70s. Um, there's definitely the movement of people coming out of the civil rights era of '64, '65. 
there's the psychedelic movement of like 69 timothy leary and uh all the um the merry pranksters and those that group um (laughs) and it seems to be a direct correlation to an oppressive government oppressive laws an overbearing uh police system social like conservatism (laughs) yeah basically but you know it feels like the term conservatism has been in you know much any term seems to Mm -hmm. get over it's like using the term hippie right yeah like even like i've so i've been listening to um a lot of ayn rand stuff and Mm -hmm. although she's what's that she is a um sociopolitical philosopher from uh she was from russia Mm -hmm. uh She's basically what all the neoconservatives have, like, placed all their, like, ideals from. But meanwhile, they totally misrepresent a lot of what she was saying at the time. She came, she did um, Fountainhead and um, Atlas Shrugged, two, like, giant novels. Um, Mm -hmm. But so, like, there's there's an idea of conservatism that is completely separate from what uh even even like the idea like like let's put it do it from the other perspective like the way conservatives will use the term liberal you know what yeah, I mean? like yeah, it, yeah, it yeah. has the again negative connotations that yeah we sort of put our own bias to mm-hmm. and in some way we subtract any value that could be found within whatever that system is definitely and it's a it's a it's a structure where we're attached to our beliefs yeah. And whatever bias and prejudice that we decide to put on any particular system. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what? My friend the other day, like, I think we were talking about Burning Man and I've never been to Burning Man, but I would just like have these um, like preconceived ideas about it or something. And he's just like, maybe you're the conservative one. Like, maybe you need to just open your mind to Burning Man. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, you know, maybe you're right. <laughs> it's true. It, it's sometimes yeah. it, I find some, and, you know, even within myself, some people who, who believe themselves to be the most open-minded tend to be closed in areas that they're just not conscious enough to be aware of. Yeah, it's not yeah. like a, on a purpose thing. It's not manipulative. It's not uh, done out of hate or whatever. Like there's just a part of the brain that isn't working. Yeah, definitely. And so, but in, that's a, gets to like mind, mindfulness, right? Like being mm-hmm. really conscious of of actually everything that you do. And that's something I so I've been getting really interested in performance art lately. And I feel like your show that you did in Mexico kind of. It has some of those aspects. Uh, you're a musician, too. Um, mm-hmm. I've been interested in this idea of something more than painting, like mm-hmm. something more. And if we discussed this a little bit at Silo. I, I was drunk, so it probably sounded shitty. But, <laughs> <laughs> but like, I'm really interested in this idea of creating experiences yeah. in an art environment as opposed to paintings on a wall that everybody has their back to and drinking beer and wine and like schmoozing. Yeah. Yeah. Is that something you're kind of aiming towards? Yeah. Well, I'm not like aiming towards it, but a few years ago I built this, a cave, like a mobile cave. Um, so like I bought a flatbed trailer and then I built this structure on top of it and like the whole inside I have like stalactites and stalagmites and 
um plants and it has like a shag carpet floor but you have to you like get in it like it's like i think 10 feet long and like seven feet tall um so it's pretty big um but yeah i just like was looking through my old notes and i found this piece of paper that i had written that was just like like when you create an environment like people like you can't escape it you have to experience it and when something's just like flat on the wall it's like it's easy to ignore it but I think it's just like more powerful when you create something that people that's like in their reality, like the teleporter we just built, like, I don't know. It's just so cool. Cause it's just like this big thing, like superimposed in reality. And so it's just, I don't, yeah, it's just more powerful. I think I'm interested in that. I am also, yeah. I like the idea of um, viewers also being forced to not only interact with their environment, but then with each other as well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, like with the teleporter, like um, the inside of it is circular and we fit the most people. Well, we fit 10 people and a dog in it. <laughs> and it's and so it's really awesome because everyone has to just sit in a circle and be like close together. And so every time you're in there, it's just like a conversation. And it's kind of just like, I don't know, it's awesome just to bring people together. Yeah. Like and, w- that. and it's, of course, a, a direct correlation to how disconnected we are with modern technology even though the perception and you know we are interconnected now in that we are able to sort of voyeuristically view each other's lives yeah but it's so much different than an actual and it's almost there's like an energy exchange even that idea of sitting in a circle together face to face nobody's looking at their fucking iphones mm-hmm. maybe somebody's taking a picture but yeah, you know that's yeah. momentary right mm-hmm. like they're in i think i saw one of the photos from that series from the show it looked like were you guys playing mm-hmm. music in there too uh yeah that was i think that was probably from i brought the teleporter to my friend's house um they have a band called the very golds they're a local band but and they all live together in this house in Mission Bay, but we just, like, the teleporter lives there right now. Yeah. And they, they had this um, house party, and so everyone was in there, and my friend brought a sitar. And so, like, yeah. people were learning how to play sitar in it. It was so What, what awesome. a perfect spot to, to learn to play sitar. I too. know! It was so cool. Like, you have to yeah. actually sit and... almost It's almost, it seems like a meditative type space. Yeah, I think it is. So I, yeah, like I went and visited it the other day, and this guy that I'd met—it's um, my friend's friend. I met him at a music show like a couple weeks ago. But then I went to their house, the Very Gold's house, and this guy was just like hanging out in the teleporter, like with this giant stuffed animal, and was just—he's writing a book about his travels. But I was like, like, whoa, that's so awesome to come here, and like someone's using it as like a quiet space to work. Yeah, and that's almost that's almost perfect, right? Like the fact that it it can even like, and that's something that I, even I want to start even adding like large sculpture that's mm-hmm. usable too, because that the idea that a thing that could be made as an art sculpture, but mm-hmm. also turned into a space that becomes its own thing. Yeah, I, I kind of like public sculpture that is like in a park. Or, you mm-hmm. know, something that actually gets interacted with that becomes... Yeah, it almost definitely. becomes a part of the environment. It's not, like, a separate thing to the environment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like the... Uh, there's so many... Can we get a warehouse and just 
like build a big environment? Do you know if that's possible? Yeah, you could. You could. Definitely. Maybe in like Barrio Logan or something. I don't know. Barrio Logan's too hip now. Uh, I might need yeah, to. But, yeah, you know, I'm having a kind of a like issue right now because I built that cave that I told you about. Uh-huh. You can see it on my website. It's called like Mobile Cave. But like it just lives in my backyard right now. But the thing is with like things that I make, I don't necessarily use them like other people would use them. So I'm trying to... Like, like the teleporter, it's really good that it's living at these people's house who, like, just attract people that are, like, into interacting with that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It sounds, it sounds like the perfect place. Like a, yeah, it is so a rock perfect. House. It's so awesome. Yeah. It's just so great that it's there. But, yeah, so the cave, I'm like, I'm like, oh, man, I need to find, like, a good home for that, too. So do you feel like you got some of the, do some of these ideas come from the environment that you grew up in? Not like you're taking them, but you know, like I mentioned before, like, so OB was one of this, these places that would have multiple murals on walls, like in the shopping district where if you go to other places, you know, like it wasn't, it's not as prevalent. It's pretty like clean walls, like not artistically driven, you know, like there's definitely an alternative type culture in the neighborhood mm-hmm. um it's funny i i grew up in an area in the east county called crest which is like a little like outlaw biker community that sits okay. up on the top of this hill and uh-huh. i feel like ob is a lot like that too you know like outlaw by like people who tend to be a little bit maybe on the fringe of okay yeah yeah, yeah culture would you find mm-hmm. that accurate uh yeah people in ob to be on yeah even i mean you know i'm i'm talking over the last 20 years yeah i mean i yeah i always felt like that there's just like weird cool people here and then like i i guess like when you're growing up maybe you're not as aware of it yeah you know because it's just normal but then after i left and came back it was just like whoa like this place is really special (laughs) yeah big difference between well you know pasadena like big big difference between even just like right over the hill in point loma because I live, like, on the street that literally the other side of the street is Point Loma and my side is Ocean Beach. Yeah, and my room, yeah, I have a view of Ocean Beach. But it just, like, feels so different over there. Yeah, it, it is a strange transition from, like, rad beach community town to, like, gray armor <laughs> of, like, military industrial yeah, complex. Yeah, it's so strange. And that's... But yeah, actually, the idea for, like, um, well, like, the cave in particular... And, like, just kind of, um, well, that came from, I lived at this farm in Santa Cruz, or actually Aptos, which is right south of Santa Cruz. And I was interning for Encyclopedia Pictura, who does, makes these awesome music videos. Like, they did one for Grizzly Bear, the band, and Bjork. And they just do, like, a really amazing animation. Um, and I emailed them when I was in college, and I was like, oh, I want to intern for you. And they invited me to come live on their farm, and I, like, didn't even know they lived on a farm. And I was just like, awesome. Like, that is so perfect. And I got to um, milk goats there and live in a tent, for, and it was for, like, three months. But everyone there had built their own personal dwelling, and there was just, like, some guy, this guy, Darren, he made um, a hobbit hut, <laughs> and that's, like, what he lived in, and, like... And he made it out of the out of pampas grass, which is an invasive species there. And so, uh, like, once he was done with it, like, it can potentially just, like, go back to the earth. And um, there was, like, a big outdoor kitchen, and it was on this national, like, right next to Nicene Marks National Park. And it was just in the woods, and 
it was just the most alternative living I guess I've ever experienced and it was just really inspiring and so when I left there I was like I want to make my own personal dwelling and like yeah. You get a lot you get a lot of time to think in environments like that. Yeah. Like from the first day I was there, like I was just like, Okay, like what do you want me to do? And they just like wanted me to like weed some of the garden and that's like all I had to do all day and I just got the freedom to just like hang out and make my own art and yeah, just live in the woods. It was really cool. There's something about that that we have lost as humans for the most part, for the majority of us in uh modern technological society like definitely although it comes with a a whole shit ton of perks right like i i don't mean to sound like i'm ungrateful but Mm -hmm. the there is this issue that and you know we see the the beauty in going camping or just how we like get rejuvenated in nature a little bit Yeah, yeah even it's so strange like i just went and walked the train tracks yesterday and although it's right, th- it's I'm still in the city. Like part of it kind of okay. gets, it's almost like I get transported to a certain mm-hmm. extent. Once yeah. I get into like the part of the train tracks where it's mostly just like shrubs and bush and you know yeah. like a, a weird boot or like some bottles and like human feces or whatever. It's like you know it's <laughs> it's an environment that changes my my own mind in a very you know minute way, mm-hmm. but. It seems like there's some importance in that that a lot of us are missing. And I wonder if some of, like, the depression and some of, like, the behaviors that we see from us as humans has a direct correlation with missing whatever that is. That, like, okay, I all I do today is weed the plants to uh, help prepare our food for um, the year yeah, or whatever. There's yeah. A, or just realizing you're, like, a part of this like natural world uh-huh and the free time even though that yeah not, like you're working on a farm is like a tremendous amount of like physical well labor. it actually it really well i didn't Depending. have to do a lot of physical labor i would just have to like wake up early and milk a goat which i think is like i don't know it's like a different type of labor than like you have to go drive somewhere and sit down and like do this thing and that's what is very interesting to me about art too and I was mm-hmm. just explaining this the other day, like the difference between selling art and uh, just selling like a, a product of some sort. Yeah. And I, w- I was talking in the context of selling things to my friends. Mm-hmm. Like, so <clears throat> I, I have one friend who's been buying a bunch of stuff recently. Uh-huh. And a part of me, because they're my friend, feels you just wanna, like, like give it to them. Yeah. Like, I feel like I'm hustling them by taking their money. Even, yeah. But if I, let's say, Let's say I was like selling weed or something. I would have no problem charging them an extra ten, twenty dollars totally, totally. to make the profit. But because yeah, it's yeah. art, it's this thing that I made and it's somebody that I know personally, like it almost feels like I'm hust like it's a hustle. Totally. I know. I feel like that too. Like sometimes I'd rather or sometimes I feel like I'd really rather just give my friends my art than sell it. I don't know, then sell it for not what I want for it. Yeah. yeah or sell yeah. it for less than I want for it. Yeah. You know how I talk? I, I sort of rationalize it in my own head that when I'm selling things that I'm not actually, I say that I'm not selling them. I'm mm-hmm. actually giving somebody a painting and mm-hmm. in return, they're giving me some of their cash. It's not, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so it's yeah, yeah, like yeah. they're, it's they're too, it's two interdependent things. Like yeah. I'm giving them a thing and they're giving me a thing separate of the other thing. 
Yeah. I, I, I tend to rationalize it like that sometimes. It yeah. makes me feel better about the transaction. It's it's yeah. a strange thing, and it's because it's some different thing, because it's not just the regular product. Yeah, you know what? I Oh, man. I struggle with that a lot, actually. Like, I make most of my money doing, like, kind of, uh, or I guess kind of like logo type things, or mm-hmm. like, um, just like someone needs something for their business. So, like, right now, I have this um, opportunity to, like, make a T-shirt graphic for the San Diego or San Diego's Museum of Photographic Arts. Uh-huh. And so I did these sketches, but then, like, um, they didn't or the, they didn't like them. And so it's like I get I'm having another chance to do it. But, like, in the process, it's like, like the lady said they need something more general that, like, <laughs> And I was like, okay. And like general, that word is kind of like the word like generic or, you know, so just like a broad, like, a, like broader people will like it. And which, so like, which means she doesn't have a very good idea of what she wants. Typically. Yeah, I know. And so I was just like, okay. And so, but then it was weird. Cause then I was really mad about it first. Like I was just like, oh, fuck this. Like I want to like make something that I think is cool that like other people well, like, not that many people might like it, but I'll think it's cool. But then... And the first thing that you made, you made because you thought it was cool, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and all the things I made, I thought, thought it was cool. But then it just... Then I was just like, okay. But I had to just, like, think about it differently. And now I think I know what I'm going to do. And it'll still be cool. But, like, yeah, it's just, like, such a different thing. Like, doing something for, like, when you... Yeah, it's kind of a good mind game or, like, a puzzle exercise. Yeah, it it actually helps a lot. If you look at, like, the glass half full aspect yeah, of it. Yeah, definitely. I've found – so I've done a bunch of stuff with Joe Rogan, like a bunch of T-shirts and logo designs with him. Because I do the same thing to make side cash, right? Yeah, And yeah, yeah. he is such a goddamn stickler. Like, he knows exactly what the fuck he wants, but he doesn't know how to make it himself. So he has to yeah. get somebody else to do it, right? Uh-huh. And it ends up being – so, like, it gets to a point – so, like, I've had it to where – but in terms of being glass half full before I get all negative, uh, <laughs> I've found there had been moments where the first thing that I made really wasn't as good as the third or fourth thing that I made. And it actually – the outside information benefited the the end result. So, yeah, definitely. And it, it sometimes, you know, those types of jobs force you into doing things that aren't necessarily in your comfort zone that push you outside of it mm-hmm. sometimes you could pick up extra tools you know some new stuff in yeah. the toolbox to be able to adapt to the things that you want to do mm-hmm. but on the negative side of it the other side of that that coin like for me so i just had did like two full like all day illustrations like it took all day to ink the like everything is hand done it turns yeah. graphic but it's hand done Mm-hmm. So, like, a good, like, 14 hours of, of inking, right? Yeah. And he was like, or maybe I shouldn't throw him under the bus specifically. But anyway, so, like, I, <laughs> I get, like, an email. Um, Can you make the jaw wider? And it's like, I just spent fucking 16. So what ends up happening is that you spend all this extra time doing things that only pay a certain amount of money at the end. Yeah, and you yeah, end up yeah. Putting but you in put so much into it. Yeah. More than your value is worth, you know, or less totally. than your value is worth. Yeah, I feel like that all the time. 
And so, for me, you know, and, I, and they just like made this law where people like have to get paid overtime now or something. Really? Did you hear about that? No, yeah, I think. Uh-uh. Yeah, I think there's this new overtime law. I don't so know. I don't charge... know. I don't know the specifics of it, but I know when I heard about it, I was just like, I will never get that. <laughs> that never worked. What well, for me? All my jobs tend to be like they're it's a bid like you'll do this for this amount of money yeah yeah typically like the hours never like like it's not and that's the thing another thing that people don't understand like people who go to a nine to five and clock in and clock out you get paid for those hours like yeah yeah yeah. a lot of times for artists i know but we have freedom so i yeah it's a it's a weighted scale you know (laughs) it it tips back and forth It, it depends you know, yeah. and, but that's it. I don't know anybody else who works for 16 hours and doesn't get paid for it. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah, my fr- or, uh, people Aaron who take who risks. Met, he he just like so, he sold this painting, this really beautiful little painting. I'm not going to tell you for how much, but how much he sold it for. Like when he told me, I just like got really teary eyed. Like it even makes me sad thinking about it right now because I was like, oh man, like. Because you know, it's so much more than that. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. People, you know, it's it's so hard, and it's such a. That's the other weird aspect of all this is like figuring out the values of things comparative to the value of all the other things in the yeah. universe. You know, like how know. how we justify even like looking at like the arc of an artist's career. Mm-hmm. Like I remember the things I was selling for ten or twenty dollars a long time ago on to the arc now. And it's like, okay, like I've earned all those steps, but like, what's really different. It's still just me making things. Yeah. You know? like, is it me having more fucking Facebook fans or like, <laughs> I know that I'm better now. So like, it, do, mm-hmm. do we deserve but more money? You work more. Yeah. As we, as we improve, as you get better, I want to get worse and get paid more. <laughs> I'm really uh, like I, I was working. I was just buffing a panel, like just putting base coats down, um, and I I had one like big white chunk of just gesso, and I was mm-hmm. doing the a coat of house paint over this panel, and I just did like maybe an eighth of the bottom of the thing, just like uh, uh like sponge brush strokes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I was like, damn, that kind of looks nice. And I was like, <laughs> oh, I could be a minimalist painter right now, like put in just. I'll just count my last 16 years of painting and say that that's worth <laughs> 2.5 million. You know, let's just, let's just skip all the bullshit. Just, get, just jump funny. right to the minimalism and start making paintings that take. Do like you five like minimalist minutes. art? Uh, so I lately I've been interested in it. Huh. Um, I it's and I it's it's funny. I'm interested in it in the sense of painting it. Mm-hmm. Not as interested in viewing it. Okay. <laughs> but I've, I've gotten to a point, I'm kind of getting over, and I notice that there's a trend, and I think it has something to do with the sort of neo-hippie psychedelic movement that's coming out of our new age war over the mm-hmm. last, you know, 10, however long the fucking Middle East issues have been going on. Yeah. Well, forever, but, you know, the latest occurrence. Um, I think a lot of these, like, changes are happening to like i think artists are reacting to the the society in which they're they're in and so i like i see a lot of this movement from representational figure figurative work um 
into abstraction, into a sort of an a psychedelic distortion of reality. So it's kind of it's a it's a step away from uh from like abstract expressionism because mm-hmm. it has like there's there's a lot of like geometric shapes and these sorts of things. And I see this in your work. I, I see it coming out of my own work. I notice a lot of um, artists are utilizing plants lately, including myself. Dude, um, I love plants. <laughs> and again, I think it's – and I see – I don't – you know, like when we see like uh, – you know, That's somebody interesting. May, somebody you may say it, it's or trends. you say it as utilizing plants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, well, it is. Is we're we're utilizing the imagery. Yeah, I essence. guess I guess you're right. The shapes. I think we're. I think people are out looking for natural, organic shapes mm-hmm. to distort into their work. Yeah, and, and outer space. Outer space is really popular. Uh huh. And it's a direct core. Like we're gonna have to get off this planet eventually. It's it's inevitable that we'll need to find another place to live if the human species is to survive like oh and, no no, no. I, I don't believe in that i really think like, oh well it's inevitable it's even well i think just okay, the nature really of the way space think, changes yeah yeah i think the space I, I don't necessarily change, I mean just, i realized one day that like i guess it's obvious but like the human species will not always exist you know, and so I think it's really cool that we're here right now. <laughs> no, we're extremely lucky, but yeah, my, like the way we think, our minds like this won't always be like this. So my cool. my idea is that we might is that we always for eternity. I think I think I don't think so because like we didn't always exist. Like our us as how we are now has only been around for like. I think like 60,000 years or like as in our form right now, yeah. that's not a very long time. Yeah. But like I, we will evolve to something else or we'll all die. I don't know. I believe that we will likely get off this planet. We'll figure out ways to. Yeah. Um, well, people are doing that for sure. Because well, one, the sun is going to expand and eat earth eventually. Like it just, the, the sun will eventually expand and blow up oh, and so be you done. think like humans want to live like so bad that we're just gonna find other places to live yeah yeah yeah. the the will to live is so strong and it's not even the will to live it's the fear of death it's the fear of finality that hmm. will push humans and scientific technological advances mm-hmm. so far that it's likely we'll have a sort of like star trek type existence <laughs> yeah well maybe maybe you're right because i mean people have already thought of that so it'll probably happen and that's what i think and that's why i feel like the but you know do you think you'll be one of those people i don't think i'll be one of those people because like again like the connection to well i don't know like uh, well there's I really i just really struggle with like you know there's like the natural world and the man-made world but like it's really all the natural world Everything is, yeah. Everything. Yeah, it all is. So it's just like. Well, there is a group of um, molecular biologists who are working on uh, reversing aging processes. Uh huh. Um, There's a guy in the UK. His name is Aubrey. I just there's a thing on Netflix uh, that I think it's called The Immortalists. There's Uh another guy. I believe his name is like Andrew Martin. And 
what they're figuring out. So there's this way. So basically our cells break down over time and that's what eventually just makes us die. Like we get a bunch mm-hmm. of junk build up. The cell breaks down the DNA distorts and shit gets fucked. That's a very mm-hmm. generalized non-doctor mm-hmm. explanation of how we die. Um, but so he explained that, uh, DNA, we can look at it like a shoestring, and uh-huh. the shoestring at the very end has the little plastic piece that keeps the end tied together, uh-huh. and we have these things. I forget what they're called. He, he, there's a scientific name, like tatutalian, or, you know, so, something. <laughs> I just made that word up just now. <laughs> but basically, it's these things that hold the ends together, just like the shoelace. Mm-hmm. Over time, that breaks down. The shoelace sun, yeah, it gets shorter, shorter. The the shoelace unravels. The all all the information gets lost, and it it becomes worthless. Uh huh. The cellular damage. Well, how I always explain that it's like I thought it's like your cells can only like regenerate a certain amount of time, and they get worse at it, or something. That could very well be. Again, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a doctor. But so what the way he explained this and people can go find it on Netflix if they want the better explanation for it. But Mm -hmm. he used a clock as a a metaphor. So over time you get let's say you get four clicks on your clock and then your cell that cell is done. Well, what he found was that they can implant this uh, like the antithesis of whatever that first fake word was that I made up. And when it hits the first tick it has a counterbalance and it ticks back. Mm -hmm. So the cells never actually have the opportunity to get through all their clicks and eventually break down. So in essence, creating cell, making it so that the cells are ever they're eternal. And so my assumption is that they could, they could basically, you know, you could let somebody grow to the age that they want. So let's say you want to be 25 forever. You know, <laughs> you could say, okay, uh, stop. You hit the, whatever the tatutalian button is, you know, whatever the fucking word is. And you're able to, <laughs> to completely, and they've done it in rats, which is. So, what? Yes. They've already been doing. So the these thing. rats are still alive. Yes. Yes. What? Yeah. So we may have. See, a- I'm trying to open my mind to this right now because like in my brain, like I've had this idea that like of what makes life so beautiful is that, you know, nothing is forever, you know, like, like your grandparents or just everything is so fleeting. Like that's what makes it so awesome. So I'm trying to be like, okay, well, what if we really all were here forever? But that's, that's what also makes it so fucking scary too. Cause once you hit the point there become, I'll I'll tell you, there's a, but then everyone, then you'd have to choose when to die. Like you just are over it. Cause like my aunt, um, She's 89, and this kind of goes back to what we were saying before. She's like, you know, like, when you're my age and you're 89, like, you just have everything figured out, and and it's just (laughs) great. And I was just like, really? And she's like, no. I was like, oh. (laughs) Like, oh, okay. I heard somebody else saying the same thing. Someone saw that, too? Yeah. But But you know what they said? They said they figured it out, and then they die. And then you die? That's so funny. No, but she was totally kidding, because... She's going through all this different stuff right now because she's like, all my friends are dying, like, or dead, you know? Yeah. And so it's just like, she's just like, she's, but here's, <laughs> she's just in here's a bad the kicker, mood. though. 
What? Here's the kicker is that what? once they figure these things out and figure out how to stop the degenerative diseases as well, the things that age us, the things that actually hurt us and get us to that point where we're, we're like, like my grandma died uh, uh, about three months ago and she she was just done. Like she was like, I don't want to fight this Could fight anymore. Like yeah. it's, I've, I've got enough. <clears throat> but we're going to be to a point where we're our bodies aren't going to feel like that because we're not going to feel 89 because it's not all going to be broken down it's all just in your body yeah yeah huh. it's all still regenerative re, reju, uh, rejuvenative you know because oh it's all it's still youth it's just it's the fountain of youth really and i, I guess that's been then, an inevitable search but then you know we already have like overpopulation <laughs> i know so that's like, the biggest issue right there yeah, so it's like if we're all here forever, if there's just billions and billions of people here forever, that's just not sustainable. But you know how much space there is out in space? Yeah, you, yeah. All the once you reach like 112, you can go to space. Yeah, exactly. You get to go live on Mars after that. Yeah. Right. Perfect. All right, Celeste. I want <laughs> I want to thank you for for taking the time to shoot the shit with me. Um, what do you have coming up? Can we send some listeners to your website to your Instagrammers? Yeah, you can go. My website is celestebuyers.com and my Instagram is celestial terrestrial. So you have to know how to spell. <laughs> yeah, good luck with that. Yeah, good luck. You can find a link to that. You can just uh, like search my name in the little like search part. part. I think it'll work. But yeah, uh, coming up, I have I'm in a mural painting festival in Cozumel, Mexico, uh, for Seawalls, which is put on by Pangea Seed. It's going to be like, I think 25 artists from 11 different countries, um, yeah. all painting about ocean issues in Cozumel. Maybe we'll move to the ocean. Yeah, maybe we'll move to the ocean. We might go underground. I have this idea that, that we might go underground. That would Yeah. Once... Or to the center of the earth or something. I think it might be a little hot in the center. Yeah, that's true. But there's some people think that we have a hollow earth. But that's a whole other podcast. I know. Or the hollow moon theory. Uh, there's a hollow moon, too. There's a I hollow moon. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, people say it's like a satellite. That's I like the flat earth <laughs> theory. The flat earth, the, the idea that the earth is like a disc. Super awesome. <laughs> that's so funny. There's a whole school of thought that thinks that the earth is a disc and that <clears throat> Antarctica is actually a big ice ring around the whole thing. What? <clears throat> and it's a, it's like... 400 feet tall or something we like go to space and take pictures of <laughs> youtube it youtube it it's really there's a whole like group That's of people so who, are, who are on and there's explanations they probably believe in reptilians too then they it's it's likely <laughs> <laughs> all right so let's let's do internet dap you gotta go boom let's it, do what internet dap Oh, internet. Wait. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Bo boom. Cool. Boom. Done. Can I take a screenshot? Yeah, I'm going to take your picture too. Okay. Let me, let me put my hair down to make it look nicer. Got to have vanity sometimes. It was kind of funny. You were getting strawberry on your teeth while we were talking. Oh, was it? It's oh, good it thing went this is in a video. <laughs> it went away, but I just thought it was kind of funny since. <laughs> I can put it back if you want. The strawberry on your teeth? <laughs> Here, I can put strawberries on my face. Yeah, do that. Perfect. Okay. Are you ready? One, two. Okay, smile. Get out of behind no, the No, not for the thing. Ready? One, two. Ah. <laughs> Perfect. 
Awesome. All right, thanks, Celeste. I appreciate it. And uh, okay, yeah, I, I appreciate to it too. Let's hang out. I want to. Um, I want to talk to you guys about all these projects that I want to do. I need. I need like a crew. Cool. I'm looking, I'm looking for performance artists right now too. Oh, really? I have some people for you, maybe. I want to get to. Or like, what a, kind of performance? I got a whole thing. I got a whole like performance thing, like a like interactive actors like interacting with viewers in an environment. It's a whole, it's a whole thing. We'll hang out and talk about it. Okay, cool. All right, nice. All right, I'll talk to you soon. Okay, thank you. All right, bye. bye. That was my talk with Miss Celeste Byers. Super awesome. Um, I want to revamp my old neo-hippieism some way. Break out the old tie-dyes and start taking LSD again. But I don't know. Maybe that's not so healthy as a 36-year-old man. I don't know. Probably not. Um, regardless, go follow our friends Soho Design House at S-O-H-O-D-H on the Instagram. Go check out their website. Get some art rug action made for your sweetheart, for your friend's sweetheart, for your, your husband's sweetheart, for your wife's sweetheart. Um, go to their website, SohoDesignHouse.com. You can get all the information about what they do over there. Uh, you can see the collection of things they've made. You can see the process. You can get their contact. You can get the information for their showroom, which um, is in Los Angeles. You can uh, find them at 6912 Melrose Avenue. If you're in the Hollywoods and you're getting your shop on in the Shoppy District. All right. So uh, thanks to them. Thank you guys for listening. Again, if you want to donate to the podcast, you can do that over at Mike Maxwell Art. Uh, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll be back soon. She